Welcome to episode 54 of the Horror Dads podcast. You're joined by your hosts, John and Jamie. We hey. have a fun episode planned tonight. We're joined by our new friends, Ken and Ashley oh Sledge from Sledgehammer Horror. Yeah, I love those. Uh, I love that couple. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the power couple. Dude, they really are. They're the Barack and Michelle Obama I'm of uh, until, YouTube channels. I'm waiting for them to have like couples therapy videos on YouTube because <laughs> uh, just telling people how they should be as a couple because they are the exemplary like uh, yeah. example of what you should be. So they have their own YouTube channel. Uh, they're super active in the horror scene. They interview a lot of fantastic guests and uh, collaborate with uh, other creators. So uh, awesome couple. And we talk about supernatural horror films with them. And uh, that's the theme of our episode here. You know, somehow we're going on two years, as we mentioned in the interview. And like we've never had a hasn't been supernatural a topic. So yeah, great. And we brought it up. Like, how'd you come to this topic? And he was like, well, it's one that you haven't done yet. Uh, and I was like, oh. Yeah. How, yeah. And how is that possible? Yeah. Uh, but if you are new to the show, uh, sometimes we do interviews. Sometimes we... Uh, you get just Jamie and I, but this is a, a special interview episode, so we're going to jump into our interview of, of, of Ken and Ashley here momentarily, and we are also going to uh, talk about their favorite top three supernatural horror films, uh, but before we do that, we're going to catch up, Jamie and I here, because it's, what, uh, Dude, we're 10 days up. from Christmas? Yeah. So our last episode of 2021, um, we're about to celebrate our two-year anniversary next month, Uh not sure how that happened that quickly, but we've got a lot to be proud of, and I love you, buddy. Love you, too, and this is not the last episode if you're a Patreon subscriber, because we will be uh, publishing some additional content, right, John? <laughs> so so speaking of which, what have you been watching lately, Jamie? Uh, just, Silent, just Silent Night, Deadly Night uh, sequels. So we always talk about what we've been watching. I also have been watching Silent Night, Deadly Night uh, so our Patreon episode for December, Jamie and I are going to talk about the films in that franchise. One we're going to rank them too. And holy shit. Yeah, uh, we're going to rank them. Yeah, we've got a lot to say. Uh, Have you been watching anything that's non-Silent Night, Deadly Night? And uh, non-Supernatural? Yeah, just standard uh, holiday stuff. Yeah. I, I mentioned Black Christmas last time we were talking. Yep. but Anything I, else? If I'm not like focusing on a film, I, I have either... Black Christmas or Gremlins on or Kramp, you know Krampus, something. Yeah, we're yeah. in that. Scene, I've always yeah. got something going. I caught the um, there's an anthology film from 2018 uh, called All the Creatures Were Stirring. I saw that. Yeah, that's. No, I uh, didn't see see it, but I saw that it was. You out know there. Rebecca McKendry from uh, Shockwaves podcast. Yeah, that's her movie. Her and her husband uh, David they made that, and dude, it's great. It's yeah, a she was fun independent film. Pregnant when she made it too. I think she was. Yeah, like nine months pregnant. Uh, but that movie is a lot of fun if you're into independent horror films. Um, definitely check that one out. Cool. It's on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, she's amazing. Dude. Yeah. She knows her shit. Uh, very cool. So that's what we've been watching. Uh, so typically we'll dive into the films a little bit, but, you know, join our Patreon and you'll hear what we think about yes. the Silent Night, Deadly Night films. John, what are you wearing? All right, so I have uh, I've got some new merch on. Uh, I have all local stuff actually unzip, going here. Unzip. Zip. So I've got my Krampus uh, tee on from our buddy David uh, Slobodnik, who designed this and released it through one of our favorite local uh, breweries. Um, what is no- that brewery? Noble Creature in Youngstown, Ohio. And then last night I went to uh, Westside Bowl, uh, which is one of my favorite uh, local 
hangouts, watering holes. And I got this new hoodie, man. It's the most comfortable thing ever. And the graphic designer that made it um, is from Spain. And uh, yeah, it's super comfortable and it's a uh, horror themed. So it's pretty cool. Awesome. What do you have on over there? I have a holiday themed shirt on as well. Yes, you do. Night of the Comet from our buddies at Toxic Coffin. Yeah. A very underrated Christmas film that has maybe one Christmas tree in it. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, part four. Siren Night, <laughs> Deadly <laughs> Night, part four. <laughs> I think there's a string of garland that makes it Christmassy. Yeah. But uh, those guys at Toxic Coffin are fucking amazing. Um, love those human beings. Love them. Just great people and they're incredible and please follow them and buy some of their stuff because they're they're just rad dudes uh what have you been buying anything man uh no like i said last episode christmas not buying for myself uh but dude fucking have you seen the uh waxwork records just today released the pre-order for uh black christmas the vinyl I did not. That Gary Pullen did the uh, design. Oh, fuck. I mean, it I got to get it. Wait till you see it, man. The only thing that sucks is you, it doesn't come out until April. So do it's you, like. So speaking of buying and what you just said. Um, so our record player here at the house. Yes. It's uh, our belt is kind of jacked <clears> up. <throat> yeah. I reached out to the manufacturer. I bought a new belt. Still like the, the sound isn't right. So I bought. Brittany, a new rec- record player for Christmas. Oh, one of those. Then I bought you my gift. <laughs> then <laughs> I walk out to the garage and I see a rectangular box oh, no. and it says Crossley on it. Okay. And I was like, I'm pretty sure they only make record players. So I bring the box in. I set it on the kitchen table. I was like, what's in here? And she goes, uh, nothing. Don't worry about it. And I was like, no, seriously, what's in this box? And she goes, I, j-, I, and I was like, I'm into sound production. I'm pretty sure this brand like only makes record players. And she goes, they make guitars too. And I was like, well, Brittany, it's a rectangle. So unless yeah. it's a guitar you have to build by hand. And she's like, well, fuck off. So what if you know what it is? And I was like, no, because I bought you a record player. And she's like, wait, you did? I was like, yeah, we got each other the same gift. So same record player? Not the exact no. same one, but we each got a record player. Yeah. Uh so we elected to keep the one that, that she bought because it's nicer than the one that I got her. Um so I had to go cheap get... fuck. Well <laughs> I don't know about that. But yeah, so I had to go uh get her new gifts today. So nice. That happened. Um but yeah, dude, I'm pumped for that. I got to check out that black. Oh Christmas my God. Scene. Wait till you see it. And the vinyl itself is like red and green splatter. Yeah. And Gary's one of our favorite designers. Oh, so love him. Uh, so I actually got, um, our buddy, Matt Pepler has this awesome, uh, Halloween, uh, poster design and it has a black cat on the design. And that cat looks exactly like, uh, my best friend, who passed away two years ago, who was my, my black cat named Pam. And, um, I took, uh, Matt's design and I got it tattooed on me this week. Oh um, boy. From our buddy, David, David Slobodnik, who designed the shirt that I'm wearing. Perfect. Um, so David, who's our good, good pal, uh, did the work and Matt designed it. And I honestly couldn't be happier. It looks amazing. And 
uh, I'll get emotional talking about my cat that I loved who died. So, yeah. I don't need you back on the bottle. So, just uh, pass me that shot real quick. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah no, that's that's awesome. I've seen the tattoo. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, so, that's cool. Yeah. Family stuff? Yeah, I don't really have much um, in the way of horror. It's been a lot of uh, Christmas prep. Today was my son's last day of school. Um, so, we're getting in that mode. I have Christmas vacation starting next week. Uh, which I can't wait. And one of my favorite things to do Christmas vacation, I think this just comes from like uh, growing up and then like you and I, whenever we were both in college, Christmas break was always like a time you and I would play video games because we had downtime, yeah, uh, nothing to worry about. So one of my favorite things to do for Christmas break is at least I always plan to play video games. I always <laughs> like to get one like RPG or game that I can really yeah. try to like beat uh, with the kids. It never really works out. But my wife bought me uh, a little early Christmas present because she knows that that's something I love to do. And my son is eight. Uh, so he and I, she got us uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild for the Switch. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I know you already have. Yeah. Uh, but it's, so it's a great game, dude. So I can't wait to dive into that with the, the son. Yeah, dude. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm excited. I, like, I envision myself, like, playing it down, with the son and the brother-in-law. Coffee. Yeah. Yeah playing this game uh in my pajamas all day long in like, reality this has not been happen. here for like four days <laughs> starting to smell bud yeah um yeah dude that's awesome yeah we should pl- uh try and play through the thing uh on xbox <sighs> for like at least nine minutes that's what that's what it always is you bring it over <laughs> we hook it up uh after we're already drunk and sleepy and- yeah and then my wife's like are you uh coming home tonight and i text her at 4 a.m and i'm like <clears throat> No, I'm sleeping next to Jamie on the couch. Yeah. There's always like a cable that's missing that we drive 40 minutes to Walmart to buy. (laughs) Do you have any triple A's? (laughs) No, I just have double A's. Can we cut one in a third? Yeah. Uh, So um, family antique for me, uh, just we did a pre-sale of our new design uh, late October uh, our new t-shirt design that is and we shipped everything out in november and my kids like they were champs uh doing all these hand-drawn <laughs> uh hand-drawn pictures basically for every single order that went out the door so uh those kids just stacking up 30 40 40 uh uh hand-drawn pictures child labor laws john dude they were it, it got to the point where like finley was like really into it for the first like five yeah and then it became like Wait, how many more do I have to do? And I was like, <laughs> just just keep going until you can't anymore. Yeah. Uh, but it was just seeing everyone post all this stuff online uh, after getting their uh, their stuff. So if you do order a package and you do get one, uh, please know that it's 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 literally being constructed with tender love and care from um, from both our families. Uh, and it's just been our dream to kind of put a little merch uh, thing together, and it's come to fruition. So thank you all for supporting that effort and for buying merch. Uh, so if you're interested, you don't have anything yet and you'd like to buy something, uh, we do have stuff on our, our shop, horrordads.com. Um, we're also on Patreon. If you're interested in our Patreon, uh, we have a 5 and $10 tier per month. Uh, so please uh, consider potentially subscribing to our Patreon and uh, check us out on social media. We're on all the platforms slash horrordads and we'd love to hear from you uh, in the form of a uh, five-star review. If uh, you have it handy. 
Yeah, the uh, the reviews really help the algorithm. So uh, if you find it in your nature to even just go drop five stars, uh, please do. Yeah, it we helps other people find it. us. John, real quick before we get into this, favorite Christmas horror movie? Gremlins. Gremlins. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. All right, guys. All right, man. Let's get at it. Let's do it. Welcome to episode 54 of the Horror Dads podcast. This is a very special episode as we are joined by our friends, Ken and Ashley Sledge of Sledgehammer Horror. Ken and Ashley, welcome to the show, guys. Hey. Hello. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Super excited to be here, guys. Oh, my God. Thank you guys for coming on. We're huge fans of uh, my first horror movie and uh, just kind of all the content you guys produce. Hey, that means a lot, man. The fact that anybody watches is amazing to us and we we're very appreciative and i can't wait to have you guys on an episode of my first horror movie so we can share that experience with everybody else too oh man we'd be honored yeah that'd be awesome you guys are are uh rapid fire content creators um so you you uh you've got the youtube channel um and you have a few different kind of uh variations of the content that you release which is pretty cool um but before we dive into that uh the focus of our episode today is going to be supernatural horror films, uh, which is a theme that you picked, um, both of you. Uh, and you picked it pretty quick, um, it, which was awesome because sometimes, like, we ruminate on it for like way too long and then we like <laughs> flip back and forth. And you guys were honestly like from the get, like, supernatural horror, these are our three films, like, boom, 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 uh, which was amazing. Yes. Um, but before we dive into some of that stuff, let's just talk about uh, you guys have you know, having something special and you've got a bond for horror as like husband and wife, which is super cool. So how'd mm-hmm. this, this whole thing start? The first official date we went on was uh, to go see the war of the world remake with uh, Tom Cruise. Yeah. And ever since then, like horror has just been super important to both of us. Um, and during quarantine, we, uh, my first tour, I grew up in a video store. My parents owned a video store. Holy and, shit. Uh, that's amazing, dude. Movie, yeah, they what owned was the a video name of store it? called Downtown Video. Downtown. And um, so, like, growing up, you know, my first horror movie was kind of like a like a party game that we would do with each other. Like, whenever we were having bonfires and shit, we'd be sitting around and we'd just start talking to people about what the first horror movie was that they watched and why they still love that movie or why they got scared of that movie. Like, we have a buddy. His first horror movie was Nightmare on Elm Street. And growing up, he would not sleep with sheets on his bed. Because the Jesu Garcia prison scene scared him so bad. Which sounds horrible. Like, no sheets on your bed sounds horrible. <laughs> no, it does. It yeah, sounds that's, absolutely that's awful. Right. I know. That's my nightmare. Yeah, I like how the lady in the room is like, no sheets. That's the real horror. I know. Yeah. So it's, and it's, you know, she's the uh, the brains of it. Like, I'm, I've always been like the front man. You know, I'm the Freddie Mercury where she's the Brian May. Like <laughs> nothing I do would make a lick of fucking sense if it wasn't for her and everything that she's doing in the background. And um, like didn't see that coming is one of the things that we do on the channel where we bring people on and um, we talk about twist endings and how those endings affected for better or worse the movie that it was in. Um, like that was Ashley's brainchild. And I told her the only way I would incorporate it into Sledgehammer Horror is if she agreed to host it. And I'm just kind of there along for the ride. Um, and then we do a live every week, whether it's a top 10 ranking or a franchise ranking or a movie review. And again, I told her, I said, I don't mind doing these, but I will only do it if you agree to come on with me. Cause she's more 
of an introvert where I'm an extrovert. Yeah. You know, she's I'm, more of the quiet. I was good, like being behind the scenes. I was like, I'm, I'm good. Like, <laughs> right. like just, just do this with me. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of the one twisting her arm. Like, I, I want you to come on and do this with me because they're your ideas. You know, I feel like I'm stealing your ideas because, you know, like I said, I'm the front man of the band. So I, I'd like to be in, in the foreground. But, uh, you know, I want her there with me because they're her ideas. And she's my best friend. I want her along with it with me because she's if she's one come up with the idea she deserves the credit for coming up with them so I mean, it, it's I, just really cool to be able to you know six months ago people were hitting me up like hey ken will you come do this or hey ken can we do that and now people are hitting us up like hey are you and ashley interested in this because people are finally realizing that yeah ashley is an integral part of sledgehammer horror so that to me is the coolest shit i get to do this every day of my life with my best friend and meet awesome people like you guys and Steven, uh, you know, Troll Montana, the one that got introduced to us from angry, uh, angry mule from yeah. angry mule. And I was thinking angry pinata, but we all know what I was thinking there. But, <laughs> uh, you know, Steve, you know, like meeting all you amazing people and then being able to hang out with my best friend while I'm doing all that. Like I'm literally living the dream, man. So it, sledgehammer horror is the brainchild of my wife. And I'm just the front man that sings the tunes. Awesome. I love it. Love to see the progression from, you know, where you started to where you guys are now. And it's great. God, we appreciate that. It's yeah, absolutely. super charming. And I too am uh high school sweethearts with my wife, but uh, she, she uh, is not involved in this other than being very tolerant and understanding and supportive of. Uh, which, Hey, which is awesome because yes. not everybody yeah. is. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's so incredible, man. And congratulations. Cause it's so People think that it's impossible to stay with someone from high school, but as long as you are understanding and honest and, mm-hmm. you know, you can make it work. So congratulations to you and your family. I know that's a huge accomplishment, man. Absolutely. Yeah, it's awesome. And we got, we have two beautiful kids from the experience and life is, is better than I could ever have expected. Um, looking at things from that's like great. a 18 year old version of me to now, it's like life is fucking yeah. amazing. <laughs> you know, it's so yeah. good. Um, so, but you guys are horror dads and horror moms. So tell us about your kids. Like how many kids do you have? How do you manage your relationship um, with oh. horror, having kids? What's that look like? You want to, you want to take this one? Yeah. Um, we have three. Um, our oldest is boy. He's 13. Our middle's a girl. She's nine. And our, and then our youngest is a girl. She's, oh, she'll be two Almost next two. month. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, whoa. All right. So you yeah, got, you got a little spread one. apart. Yeah. They're all going through different, you know, ages of life. And sometimes it's difficult, especially with teenagers. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we try our best to be there for each one of them, you know, in their time of life right now. Plus, you know, everything else, like we both work and we do this, which he does more of like the editing. He's got way more on his plate than I do. But um, he's a great dad. And, you know, our, our kids love him and it's it's awesome it's awesome being a parent do they have any interest in horror at all or my son is a cool story my son is a huge saw fan yeah and um one of the guests i was lucky enough to have on my first horror movie is frankie g who played xavier in saw 2 and um for my son's birthday frankie g sent him a message you know a video message like hey little buddy happy birthday make sure you're being good or i'll get that you know nails in the baseball bat out for oh, you that's you know, incredible so like, it's so cool he, he's um a huge horror fan our, our year old just got into horror um her she, we watched chucky, chucky with her 
and she's actually obsessed with Chucky. Like she was Chucky for Halloween this year. And she has like all the little, um, like the knife and all that stuff. And yeah, yeah. our, our nine-year-old that's Chloe. She's, uh, she's on the spectrum. So, um, trying to get new habits and new things for her is a little bit different. And funny enough, the reason my, our daughter got into horror, she never liked it at all. Ice nine kills. Um, their song assault. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The song assault and batteries. She was like, Oh, the Chucky song, the Chucky song. And then she was like, (laughs) I think I might want to try to watch Chucky. So like, you know, her dad does horror to make money, but it took a band writing a song about (laughs) Chucky for her to get into it. So a band that's making a lot more money than all of us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What? So which did you uh, introduce the original child's play to her or which one was it? Yeah, we watched the whole franchise. Oh, nice. Did she have a favorite? Part two, right? The part two, yeah. Her, her favorite's part two, but for me, she says it's part three because mine's part, my favorite's part three. Oh, but um, she'll be like, "How's it hanging?" Phil? Yeah, how's it hanging, Phil? <laughs> 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 she, she says that all the time, and it's so damn cute. Oh man, my heart just like I feel yeah. like the Grinch. It's bigger than it was. <laughs> uh, Dude, I'm gonna send you guys a video of her because she does the most perfect impression. She'll be like, "I'm Chucky, the evil doll." And I dig it. <laughs> she, she oh yeah, yeah, so good. It. Like, oh, we gotta I'll, check I'll that out. Do the impression on video, and I'll, I'll text it to you. I think you guys will get a kick out of it, man. It's pretty rad to watch her do it. And I, I would say our two-year-old likes Michael Myers. She's always like yeah. Michael. Michael. She says Michael. Michael. Yeah, yeah, our my, kids uh, have impressions too. Like Jamie's, my, my four-year-old is obsessed with Michael Myers. It's, it's. My wife is like, should we be concerned? I was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> His dad and his not uncle yet, are a couple yet. of creeps, so what do you expect? <laughs> yeah, everyone in the family, I don't know if you guys get this, but our family is always like, every time the kids like uh, show some sort of, you know, affinity for horror or something that or makes other like parents a, a, wince. Like a nominal, like, fraction of aggression. Like, people glare at us like, see, this is your fault. Your yeah. fucking podcast. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, well... What's tell funny him about that is tackle that, him I, from I the knees. I'm the guy that like goes in on correction on him, and I'm like, you know what, man? The people that watch horror at a young age and get the education to go along with that are actually more grounded in reality because they know the difference between fantasy and reality. So you can kiss my ass on all your <laughs> negative horror shit. <laughs> like I like it. You know, it's just like anything else, man. As long as you have education to go along with what they're viewing. If you put a kid in front of a you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and don't explain anything to them, yeah, yeah they're going to be confused. But if you educate them with, on what they're watching, how it's fake, how this is not anything that you do in real life, as long as you have the education to go along with horror, I feel like those kids are way more grounded in reality than mm-hmm. kids that don't get the education and don't get the, you know, what's really going on in the horror world. So yeah, yeah. And that's the type of stuff that just really blows my mind that, you know, it's the whole mortal combat started violence in video games. Like shut the hell up, man. Right. Well, I was contra blasting aliens my whole life. So I don't want to hear that shit. Right. <laughs> yeah. I grew up with the same thing too. And I'm like literally one of the most peaceful people alive. But I'm like, oh, yes. I will. I could fuck up some zombies if I have to. Like, I know how to do that. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but, I'm, yeah. I'm coming to you if there's ever a zombie apocalypse, man. Because right. we want to burn the house down when there's a spider. So, if there was a zombie apocalypse, I don't know what I would do. Uh, we're about that same way, though. Yeah, I was gonna say, the if there's a fine. spider apocalypse, uh, no, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, get out. me out. I'm getting as high as possible. Like, yeah, yeah. me too, but in a different way, John. <laughs> <That's so laughs> um, awesome. Right. 
So guys, <laughs> you guys are obviously busy. You have the three kids, uh, incredible content that you're producing. Tell us a little bit about how you, like, how do you juggle these schedules? And I assume the kids help, right? They're like understanding like, all right, dad's editing. Chill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where we're lucky on that is we work different shifts. Ashley's third shift at the hospital being a respiratory therapist. And um, I manage a Napa store. So like when during the day while I'm working, all my interviews are done from five to 10. And we always have at least two or three days a week that we set aside. Cause I schedule interviews, you know, two, three, four weeks in advance. So we always have at least one or two at the very least two days set aside throughout the week where we're not doing anything today except for playing Uno or playing War and watching a movie. Yeah. You know, so like we we absolutely set sorry. at least two days aside. I have to, to make interrupt sure that and ask this question. What's that? Gotta ask this question. Do you play Skipo ever or is it just Uno? Oh, we love Skipo. Yeah. Okay. Love Skipo. Yeah. It, it, we we have a, a, a big old Yeah, game. we have an array of board yeah. games. Nice. And, um you know board games card games uh we still play pokemon go she doesn't but you know me and the kids will go out and play pokemon go that way we're active and walking around yeah that's awesome um yeah yeah you know so we always make sure that sledgehammer horror is fun and don't get me wrong i love it i i live it i breathe it i release a new video every other day so i mean that's to show you the extent of the work that we do but uh being a dad and being a husband is number one. So we always make sure that we set aside time for family because if, if you know, COVID's taught us anything, you can't take that shit for granted. Yeah. Right. So absolutely. Every, like I said, at least two days a week, we have a card game, a board game and a movie. It's, it's mostly the or, weekends. Yeah. We try to do stuff like some, that way the kids, like yeah, usually Sunday, Saturday Monday, and Sunday. Yeah. So that way the kids aren't in school. You know, we just take that whole day and we just dedicate that whole day to, you know, Kenny, you can have something from one to three, Chloe will do what you want from three to five. And then mom and dad will pick at the end. Kenley, you're one. So you're going to go along for the ride. (laughs) But, you know, just to make sure that we all get something that we want to do that day. And we're all spending the day together, you know, just trying to teach our kids that, you know, family is so important. She lost her dad very suddenly. I lost my mom very suddenly. And so I think that really helped us also to be like, we need to not take for granted the time that we can get with you guys. So we got to at least have two days a week where, were your parents and nothing else yeah we get a little gruff from the 13 year old he's not always yeah. like in to spend time with mom and dad but sure oh well I yeah. mean, I'll be honest. I'm a hugger, and I will fucking hug both of you right now. Yeah. After that description, so <laughs> I'm gonna come in and uh, play some Uno myself. Uh, you yeah. guys, it, you guys have it all figured out. It seems like it's, it's yeah, it's admirable. Amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. just funny that you say that because I'm a kisser, man, and like <laughs> my son's got all his buddies over here, and uh, he's like, if you've seen my son, um, he's over. He's 13. He's over six foot. He's big kid, and um. He wanted to wrestle me in front of his friends. Dad had to show him what's up. I could still take him. And afterwards, I gave him a hug and kiss. And I was like, I love you. And he gave me that look like, I mean, I don't kiss him on the face, guys. I kiss his cheek. Like, yeah, I don't kiss yeah, his lip. Yeah. I'm not, this isn't a Tom Brady situation. <laughs> but, uh, you, know, I saw, you know, and it's funny because my father came over to visit. And when he left, he kissed me on the cheek. And right when he did, I looked at my son and I was like, see, I'm 35, man. You're not getting away from it. It's going to keep happening. Yeah, you might yeah. as well just accept that kisses kiss are a thing for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah, we have to do group hugs sometimes with him. <laughs> to make him hold hug him, us. Hold him down. You're hugging us whether you like it or not. Yeah. He's at that age, too, where there's no going back. It's only yeah. when he gets uh, less touchy-feely. Yeah. <laughs> so 
so you've got the the YouTube channel, the show here, um, and a couple iterations of it. So, like, what what prompted the start of this? Like, how how the inception happened? How long have you been at it? Like, what caused you guys to say, like, hey, there's a need in our lives for this? Funny enough, um, when COVID happened, and I was working at a factory at the time, and I got you know laid off um, during the shutdowns, oh, and um, I was fucking driving my knife my my knife my wife nuts you know and she was like you know oh you know the my first horror movie thing and she was like you should just turn that into a podcast i was like yeah i'll turn it into a podcast sure and the first person i reached out to was josh shepherd the drummer from coheed and cambria i was like hey dude would you want to do this and he was like yeah and i was like oh my seriously yeah like did you know him yeah he was so nervous and like, yeah. I've never, I, I've known him for a long time and I've never seen him nervous ever. Like he's not someone that gets nervous about anything and that he was. It was I was so nervous. Yeah. And like excited. And it was really cool. Like, well, did me you and know Josh have been friends. Okay. So well, you knew him friends in for a long time. Like, you know, I met him at a couple of different shows they did and we, you know, got a connection. We started following each other on Twitter because uh, one, I was a huge fan of his band and two, we're both really big baseball guys. And, um, you know, so we'd chat back, back and forth about baseball and, you know, that type of shit. And I knew he was into horror movies, you know, I mean, he's got, you know, the hockey mask, Jason tattoo, like he's got, you know, tattoos all over his body of horror. And, um, yeah, I just reached out to him and he was like, yeah, dude, let's do this. And then from there, you know, I was like, okay, well then maybe, maybe this will work. Maybe we can do something with this. And I've been able to meet so many people that that are my heroes, you know, like I got to have a conversation with Victor Miller about his first horror movie you know this guy i wouldn't be the very first piece of sledgehammer merchandise that we ever made i'm gonna grab it real quick obviously the viewers can't see but the first piece of sledgehammer horror merchandise that we ever made is a jason hockey mask with a sledgehammer horror sticker on it you know yeah. and then i'm having an interview with victor miller talking about the first horror movie he watched and you know this guy that means so much to all of us you know jason Bort, he's a probably in the top five for all of us of favorite slashers, I would assume, you know, and There's the guy no that created that tell yeah. me about how horror started for him. You know, he wanted to make a movie that was a mix between psycho and Halloween and he did it. He nailed it. You know, my first, uh, tattoo, yeah. Jason Voorhees. Yeah. Right here. See, and it's, it's amazing. And we, we'd be able to talk to you guys about horror and how much it means to you. And we're talking about you, Jason Voorhees, this scary slasher murderer. And yet we're talking to two of the coolest dudes on the fucking planet that are the most down to earth kind. That's what I love about the horror community. Like, yes, we're talking about murder and death and fear and blood and guts, but you have the most wonderful people that you're talking to mm-hmm. about this. We've never in our encounters of, of horror met one person that was a piece of shit. You know, even the people that don't want to come on the podcast. I mean, honestly, um, that's that's sort of the driving factor behind this because talking to people within mm-hmm. our communities as parents, as professionals, you know, time mm-hmm. and time again, you have the conversation. People are like, why do you do this? Why do you spend your time doing this? Uh, are you making money from it? And it's like, yeah, I mean, we have a couple bucks from it that we keep in an account and like we spend all that money and put it back into the community in one way or another. And there's no, the function of this is not to make money. It's to make relationships and to have conversations and to sort of unpack the concept of like, you can be a dad, you can be a professional, you can still like horror. There's value in the genre Mm -hmm. for a multitude of different reasons. Um, 
And mm -hmm. I, I feel like people can't, like not everyone relates to that. And, and hopefully if like we just, we expose and transform like one mind a month um, to understand that fact, you know, we're doing our job. Um, I don't think we're ambassadors yeah. Of, yeah. of carrying that torch and that's not our sole purpose, right. but you know, that's a byproduct of this and it's very fruitful for us, I think. Well, I, I just, I've always been under the belief that whether you have one listener or 5 million, when you're an influencer, it's your responsibility to uphold a certain amount of integrity. Yeah. And like you said, one of the biggest things that drove us nuts was during the month of October, reading all these social media posts from people that are like, oh, fuck all you people that are watching horror movies just because it's October. We watch horror all year round. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, Ben, no, we were talking about that. And we were like that. You know what? Like, we love to eat. We eat food every single day. But at Thanksgiving, we still eat the shit out of some turkey and we celebrate, it. <laughs> you know, like instead of being a dick to these people that are watching horror in October, welcome them in. For Let sure. them know like, hey, yeah. horror is fun all year round and enjoy the ride with us. Don't just watch it. In yeah, it's fun in October. But I promise you, when you watch Krampus on Christmas Eve, it's just as fun. Yeah. 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 That's what uh, John and I always try to preach. The uh, a big thing for us is seasonality and, you know habits film habits uh so i think that a lot of people that listen to our show that didn't have those habits are starting to like get into the fold and they're like oh my god yeah i love watching you know sleepaway camp in june and uh it, it's a way to keep horror fresh too you know it was so crazy because yeah. like the guys in the alone in the dark podcast they are who really inspired us to do this and definitely they, they use that term film habits and it was like when they were talking about that and it was one of those things that like Jamie and I had been living for decades. Right. And then you hear another person like talking about it and having that same experience. And you're like, Holy shit. There yeah. are other people that feel this exact way. Right. And then when people yeah. come to us in October or in December, like I had a buddy from work, um, call me in the office the other day. Like he hit me on my extension and he was like, Hey, uh, I need some uh, Christmas slashers to watch with my wife. Like, what do you recommend? And I was like, I am nice. so happy to be yeah. the, yeah. the, uh, to be that guy. Yeah. To, to, be, yeah. to, to ambassador this, like it was so fun. And I was like, okay, so silent night, deadly night, definitely a weird one. Like, uh, maybe skip the intro with your wife, but, uh, black Christmas is the scariest. Krampus is the most, uh, like Hollywood fun, like just going down the list. It was like great to talk to him yeah. and then be, land on gremlins and say like, Hey, gremlins is the best. Like leave it at that. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What I love about what you just said is the people that come to you, you can really start that education of the horror is not a taboo thing. You know, like horror has been the most inclusive genre since the 70s. You know, in the late 60s, you had a black man saving a white woman in Night of the Living Dead. You know, in Black Christmas 1974, you have a woman, Olivia Hussey, telling a man, I'm not going to give up my life because your shit fell through. You know, like you had that real feminism from a woman in 1974. Like, I'm going to have an abortion. You're not going to tell me no. Yeah. You failed your piano exam. So you want me to drop out of school and follow you. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to quit my life because yours fell through. You know, horror has always had a way of being inclusive and being ahead of the curve yeah. on social justice issues. And they can't, you know, final girls without horror, you wouldn't have these girls that are out there kicking ass on the front line. You know, like that's what I love about horror. It's ahead of the curve on social commentary on social issues, on inclusion, and it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful genre. And people just look at it as such a taboo thing. And 
it has some of the best storytelling you could ever want in any type of literature or film or anything. Horror has the best storytelling, in my opinion. It's something I'm so passionate about. Yeah, and it's it's I think because the genre is willing to confront um, confront issues in a controversial way, which yeah. which yeah. leads people to be like, you know, it's like, oh my god people without slaves could you imagine and now we're here and it's like <laughs> no that is fucked that can never be anything ever 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 again and i feel like the genre does do that it challenges and and i think it has productive results so totally agree mm-hmm. yeah so uh, i guess you guys already kind of touched on this ashley uh does a lot of coming up with ideas where do you guys uh generate your ideas from do you just make a big list and uh just you know Pick something at random or Ashley, what's your uh, idea process? Um, I, I don't know. I just come up, like I think of something and then I'm like texting him, like, what do you think of this? And then he'll be like, yeah, that's really awesome. And then, yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty, um, a list maker of everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I have, I have lots of lists and yeah. If you want it in physical form, She's Demi Moore in Ghost, making the clay. And then I'm Patrick Swayze coming up behind her, helping to mold that <laughs> clay no idea on. that she just yeah. had. Like, that's that's how our ideas are made. Like, Ashley comes up with this beautiful clay idea, and I just come in at the end and put the cherry on top, and I'm like, look what I did. It was awesome. Yeah. You know, so that's she's genius. Like, she's a horror genius, and I'm so grateful to have her on my team for this because I think that a lot of the stuff we do is very unique. Um, Like didn't see that coming is one of my favorite things that we do. And we actually tomorrow are filming our very first episode of a new thing we're doing called verses. And what we're doing there is we're doing a deep dive dissection into an original versus a remake. And the very first episode we're doing tomorrow as voted on by the fans is it. So we're taking the 90 mini series and it's, 2017 and 2019 because i consider them the same film just obviously you couldn't have a six-hour film and we're doing a huge deep dive into what we like more about 90 what we like more about 1719 and in the finality of it and it's what's great about it is we don't show each other our notes we go into it blind yeah but i know that we're going to be very very different we're very different on our thinking and stuff so i think that's why we will be very combative on which one chooses what? Yeah, I, I already know that we're not going to have the same answers here, but I agree. And I think that's what makes it fun, you know, because even when we do our top ten list, which we were, we were going to talk to you guys about, we'd like to have you guys on one of our live top tens. Um, but yeah, let's do it. we'll tell you the same thing. Then you can't tell each other your list. Like we don't tell each other our list, and we argue about it up until the you know, like we'll do the top ten um, jump scares, top ten favorite endings, top ten slashers, and. We don't show each other our list, and then we go on and we just like air it out there. And I think it'd be a blast to get you guys on there. Yeah, I, I want to work fun. with you guys yeah. on my first horror movie and get you on a couple top ten or franchise rankings. I yeah, think you guys would have it. a great yeah. time with us doing We're that stuff in. too. We're down for for whatever. Um, but I love uh, I love all of that, and I have to I have to divulge that the 2019 It Part Two. Um, I have started that film. Mm-hmm. Without exaggeration, what do you think? Six times? I don't know. Seven, maybe? Still haven't finished it. I. You're I, missing the best part. That I'm telling you, the end of that film. Um, that that film showed me that Bill Hader 
is a fucking actor. He really <laughs> he's not a. He's more yeah. than just he's a not commercial. A, yeah, he's not just a background comedic yeah. best friend in a love movie. Like he's a fucking actor in that movie, well, man. He doing commercials too, there. Yeah, like dude, Sprint commercials yeah, or T-Mobile or some yeah. shit. But um, honestly, if we're talking, like, I mean, I could spoil this because that's not gonna really spoil much about the episode. If we're talking about the kids, I enjoy the '90s version more. If we're talking about the adults, I enjoy 2019 more. Uh, Bill Hader makes that film for me like that. He makes me laugh, like genuinely laugh throughout that movie. Um, the ending made me genuinely cry. Um, his performance at the end genuinely broke my heart when we were in the cinema. And like, I, I caught myself doing this in the cinema and I'm like, it's fucking Bill Hader and it, dude, what are you crying about? <laughs> but his performance is just so powerful in the movie that it, yeah, if when you do finally finish it, please text us and let us know. What you thought of? Because I'm telling you, Bill Hader. I'm a crier. I am. Like I, oh. I didn't used to be, but after having kids, I don't know what happened. After, like, yeah. I, Jamie and I always laugh about it. Like I'll be listening to like hardcore bands driving around, and like really sentimental songs are on, and I just uh-huh. cry like in my car. And very he, odd he's, scenes. He's in such films. a crier too. Yeah. And when a sad part comes on, I'm always like looking at his face, like <laughs> so, to see if he'll start crying. I, I gotta for know, tears. man. Like I have to know. Have you guys seen Afterlife yet? Ghostbusters Afterlife? Not yet. No, no. no. Okay. I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah, even I, I cried. I was sobbing oh. at the end of that movie. Like, I was in cinema. Like, <laughs> yeah, so was I. Like, I was sobbing at the end of that movie, man. Like, I'm such a... Dude, Ghostbusters is my shit, man. Yeah. Like, where House from 1986, you see the poster. I watched that That this was morning. my first horror movie. In our journey. You know, like that's the first horror movie I ever watched, and that's oh, the one nice. that means the most to me. But so Ghostbusters, oddly enough, I do consider a horror movie, and that's the one that you know, Ghostbusters really, really took horror off for me. Oddly enough, Ken, um, we won't divulge the film because you guys are going to pick three of your favorite supernatural horror films. But mm-hmm. one of the films that you selected, I watched today, and then for whatever reason, um, House immediately afterwards uh, came on. As I was working down here in my office, mm-hmm. and then I watched all of House today, and I was like, "I love Steve Miner so much." Yeah, uh, and I—I I mean, it was my first time seeing the movie, but I love that movie a lot. Uh, certainly, it was not my first uh, horror film, but I'm—I'm I'm glad it was yours, and I'm glad that you love it that much. Yeah, yeah, you can't tell me what your guys' first horror films were, because I do want to save that for the podcast because. I, I love the surprise of what your first horror was. All right, I can't wait to talk about it because I already have mine picked. Um, cool. Well, it's not like I selected it; like it is what it is. It's math, right? But uh, <laughs> right. Uh, so, getting to today's theme a little bit. So today's theme is supernatural horror films. Um, as I mentioned, you were super uh, quick to select that theme, and even quicker. Uh, you know, Ken, you said like, "Hey, I know this movie and this movie. We're not gonna divulge them yet." But you, you had the two like immediately, like, "Hey." right off the top uh let me check with ashley on the third and then you you got back within an hour on that but uh is this your favorite subgenre? like what led you to this genre was it uh that it hadn't been picked yet on our podcast or was it something else um part of it was the fact that it hadn't been picked yet i wanted to do something new for you guys i know that sometimes it can get a little schlocky talking about the same thing, even though it's different experiences with different people. Yeah. It still gets to the point where it's like, yeah, we talked about this before, but while it's not my favorite subgenre of horror, um, slashers will always be probably my favorite. 
I think supernatural horror is what scares me the most. Oh yeah. I think that's the scariest one for me. Um, and that's why I think I, I was so quick to pick supernatural horror. And two of the movies, the ones that I sent you right away are probably in my top 10 favorite movies of all time, not just favorite horror movies, but favorite movies of all time. So it was pretty easy to talk about these two. Cause one of them I think is, uh, they're both extremely underrated. Mm-hmm. And, um, one of them I think is criminally underrated just because it's part of a franchise. So, um, I yeah, we'll get more agree, into it once yeah. we start talking about it. But with the one that you're talking about, mm-hmm. and I already know that. I get like excited thinking about it, dude. And two, two of the three of these films, movie. uh, we yeah, talked about one of them already. Hidden, oh, it's, it's a hidden gem it's for a sure. Hidden yeah. Gem for sure. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. With one of the uh, speaking of jump scares, one of the best jump scares in film. Yeah. yeah. I would say that two of the three of ours that we're going to be talking about tonight have some of my favorite jump scares of all time. Easily in my top five favorite yep. jump scares of all time in two of the three of these movies. We're just going to let that uh, suspension build for a moment here. <laughs> yeah. Let an extra sure. breath breathe. Um, also, I can't quit smiling because John and I are watching um, Silent Night, <laughs> Deadly Night Part 5 right now. Oh, Jesus Christ. And uh, if you've seen this, we're at the bedroom scene, the sex scene, uh, where the, the toy maker lets all the toys loose in the bedroom. And toy soldiers are shooting. You know! Yeah. So we're at that scene right now, and I can't, I just can't quit, like, smiling. Because <clears throat> it's so Pino absurd. is the weirdest creation, man. Mommy! Mommy! <laughs> oh. I, I also have a lot to say about this franchise, yeah. but we're going to do a Patreon episode. Yeah, John episode and I are doing that. a yeah, Patreon episode where we discuss. Oh, cool, man. Yeah. Garbage day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is uh, rude. Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All uh, right. <laughs> so, got to ask. So, all your guests have been great. Like, have you ever been like starstruck to the point um, throughout doing this thing that you were like, holy shit, like, how did this happen? How did I get here? Um, and, and who do you feel like maybe the most high profile people you've talked to have been? Um, starstruck wise was probably Dave Sheridan, officer doofy from scary movie. Um, and it wasn't so much because of who he is, but how he acted. Um, you know, the minute the interview was done, he was like, Ken, this was amazing. This is my phone number. Call me anytime you need to. I genuinely had fun hanging out with you. Um, Victor Miller was probably the one. Chris Conley from Saves the Day, because Saves the Day was probably my favorite band growing up. Same with Um, Jamie over here. That's why he's nodding emphatically. Yeah, (laughs) like Chris. And Chris is one of the sweetest guys in the whole world. he's amazing. He literally... Yeah, I don't know. I'll set... For our anniversary, because when we got married, we danced for the first time to Undress Me by Saves the Day. That was our first dance as man and wife. Nice. And for our anniversary, um, Chris did a Zoom call, and she didn't know. And he played Undress Me Acoustic so I could dance her in my living room. Yeah. And uh, it was awesome. It was cool. But at the same time, like the next year I got her shoes and she was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, there's you know, no where, going where's back. Chris? I like those shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I, I mean, like, and Chris they don't was fit anymore. The They're guy. like falling apart. Like, <laughs> fuck those, you know, like, where's where's the song? <laughs> where's the video? <laughs> when I hit him up, that, that's initially what I hit him up for was for that. And then he was like, and then he found out about the podcast. And he's like, would, would you mind me being a guest? I was like, <laughs> There's a bear shit in the woods. Wipe his ass with a white rabbit. Get your ass over here. You know, that's amazing. Um, I think uh, Lou Lou, Lou Taylor Pucci was a big one too. 
Um, I've been a big fan of his from, you know, uh, thumb sucker, chum scrubber. And I thought he was amazing in the evil dead remake. Uh-huh. So, um, and then another one was probably Lar Park Lincoln. She was a, a big one. Lisa Wilcox from nightmare four was another oh, yeah. huge one, but, um, you know, there's so many that I'm just so appreciative. Like you said, there's never been, I've never had one that the person wasn't completely genuine and completely awesome. And, um, I'm just so great. Episode, we just recorded episode 249. So, I mean, I'm so blessed to be able to have worked with some of the names that we've worked with um, and be able to make friends with some of the people we've made friends with. And um, it's, it's, it's an incredible journey, man. And to be honest with you, and I've never again had an episode I didn't like, but some of my favorite episodes are with podcasters, other YouTubers, you know, people that do the same thing. Cause I think that they get it a little more. Um, yeah. And then people that are just now, um, I just had uh, yesterday, um, have you guys seen the new Slumber Party Massacre, the remake? Yeah, so actually, um, we had a few of them on our podcast, not not the individual that you had on, uh, but Michael Potter, who was in that film, he, he yeah. was on our show like a year ago, like last December. Yeah, for Triggered. Yeah, he was in a movie called Triggered, okay. and that was one of those, like we... Again, after each interview, we're like, hey, that was the best one. Like every time yeah. we do one, we're like, that was the best one. But with him, it was like, not only do we have a great time, but like we had a ton in common. We we literally talked mm-hmm. to him like every week or two through Instagram, like just really fucking connected with him. And then he reached out like right before the new one released. And he said, hey, um, this isn't public yet, but like I'm in the new Slumber Party Massacre. Would love to have some of the crew on. Uh, so we had a couple of them on our show too. And, and yeah, dude, like he's great. The movie was great. I love what they did with the direction mm-hmm. of it. Um, and, and hoping to hopefully have, uh, Danishka, the, the director on the show at some point too. Yeah. What was funny oh, about that is so the, he, um, we didn't even know it was like the day that they announced the remake was even like coming out. Yeah. He messaged us like that morning and was like, Hey, do you guys, uh, want the crew on? And we were like, what? But he, like, when he t- texted me, he said, like, the, I'm in the new uh, S. He, he's the acronym P- or something. Yeah, yeah, M. And I was like, SPM. John and I were texting, like, uh, like should we know what this he is? Means? Like, SPM? <laughs> and then Bloody Disgusting, like, sent out an e-blast later, like, an hour later, and was like, new Slumber Party Massacre going to release next week on Sci-Fi. And I was like, oh, shit. Bing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I guess Michael will have you back on. He was like, did you wait to verify it was real, you fuck? Uh, <laughs> but yeah. See, what, what we liked about Slumber Party Massacre, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think that some of the dialogue was extremely on the nose and clunky. Some of the dialogue really didn't land for me, but I think that the laughs in it were very genuinely funny. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like the guy at the beginning when he's looking through the window and he sees the other guy, and he's like, you fucking pervert. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah it was so funny. Go with the shark. You know, like, I think it was, there was some genuine good laughs in it, and it was genuinely, you know, a good slasher, so. It was fun, for sure. And I think it's amazing that it has a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes right now. That is amazing. I think that's, that's so, congratulations to them, man. Yeah. It's absolutely. really good to see them get that. I'm and so they, proud of all and that. And they had that, like, uh, two days before Halloween release on Sci-Fi. That's big. Yeah, and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's the first and probably only, uh, so we had Eden Classens on, the dude that was in the shower. That real mm-hmm. handsome guy. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. He he joined us, and he was on the cover of Men's Health. So he's probably the only Men's Health cover uh, person that we'll ever have on the show. Yeah. 
And what's and funny, funny I can tell you this, if, if they ever do a dad bod issue, I'll we'll be on the cover. Yeah, yeah, we're fucking in. We got a whole calendar worth of, of <laughs> those. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was funny when we were talking to them. He was uh, he was driving, so he wasn't on camera. And Michael kept talking about how handsome he was. Yeah, he was like, he's the most handsome person you'll ever see. And then he parked and like turned his camera on. And Jamie and I were both like, I had to put my sunglasses on. That's a handsome man. <laughs> Jesus, teeth yeah. are so sparkly, and he's just a perfect looking human. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Uh, so uh, Ashley, tell us a little bit about um, keeping up with a husband that is furiously working and editing and do you have to uh get the whip out every now and then and tell them to make some dinners Uh, or yeah once in a while i'll have to be like all right can you like help me feed these kids or something (laughs) yeah (laughs) no i i mean i try to i really do try to be supportive i know he's a very busy guy um but but yeah once in a while i gotta get the whip out and very i mean and i'm not telling you guys this as lip service or anything but very rarely does that ever happen. She's very understanding. She knows that how much this means to both of us. And yeah, um, I'm a perfectionist. A team, yeah. yeah. When it comes to everything. So, you know, like what, I, where I'm lacking, he, you know, is stronger and vice versa. So, yeah. yeah so the, the, the eighth of a percent of the time that she's lacking, I pick up the slack <laughs> and then the 99.2% of the other time she's got it covered pretty well. So like I said, it, it, it really is a team effort and you know just like anything you guys you guys know your parents oh, yeah, and oh yes um, that's why we asked the know, question because we you know we both have very like jamie's married <clears throat> to my sister so it's funny oh, okay. like if i have to like uh intervene on their relationship i have no problem doing it because it's my sister right like i could actually yeah. say anything to her um but uh no like his wife my wife are just amazing human beings and you know my wife's my high school sweetheart uh she's right. into horror but not to the degree of you know this uh doing this mm-hmm. as, as her passion uh we have some horror moms episodes on our patreon where we bring them on but uh on the whole they support us it's cool but we were just curious like how the dynamic worked for you guys too um because it's always kind of like fun to hear uh well, I'm sure you have these moments, Ken, and I, I know you do, John, where like we're watching movies for research or, you know, for the topic and uh, you hear the kids, you hear commotion and it's like, here I am with my feet up watching this fucking uh, yeah. movie, you know, and she's, she's like, in the uh, kitchen slamming the cupboards. And <laughs> right, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, no, I would love to help. But, you know, research. <laughs> right. See, and she hates watching movies with me because um, you guys have watched my first tour movie and others, but we always put clips of the movies over top while we're talking. I, and, um, I literally love watching movies with you. Like that's the like, thing. When, I'm talking about when I'm doing it for research. Oh, like, cause I have to keep pausing the movie and getting a timestamp and writing down oh, what the yeah. timestamp is. So I can make sure I get that scene. And um, like, if we're watching movies for fun, yeah, all day long. But when I'm doing it for, like you said, research on an episode or something, and I have to watch it with the timestamp down at the bottom. So I'm writing down timestamps and I'm pausing. And like, then she's kind of just like, I wanted to see what happened here, but fine. Right. (laughs) I guess I'll wait another five minutes. I wanted to see what happened here. Oh, you mean at 4413? I can tell you exactly what happened at that moment. Yeah. (laughs) Look, you can watch it tomorrow in a very abridged, tightened up version when I release this. Um, (laughs) 
So who? So for both of you guys, uh, maybe an answer from each of you. But who's your bucket list guest? Your your number one that you haven't had on that you'd like to have on? Oh, I know mine easily. Yeah, I think I know what yours is too. Who's mine? Um, Chucky. Oh, what's his name? Brad Dorf. Brad Dorf. No, not Brad Dorf. Um, Nicholas Cage. The guy that plays in there. I can't even think of his name right now. Uh, Devin Sawa. It's it's totally Devin Sawa. And I I wouldn't oppose to that honestly. <laughs> For, I, for me, it, I'm a, I've been a huge Devin Sawa fan. Whether it was uh, even back to the I, Casper I had days, I've crush on him since Casper. So yeah, yeah. But, you know, even like every the girl horror, even when he wasn't doing horror, like Idle Hands, Final Destination, but like Salt oh. Lake City Punk, I thought he was great in SLC Punk. Oh, yeah, um, you know, there, I, him and probably Tony Todd would be the two oh, yeah. that oh shit yeah. would really be up there for me. Um, and then if, if we're talking about like just who are like my favorite human being in the world. That's not family is it would. Oh, absolutely. Be Bill Murray. Um, like yeah. Bill Murray is my all time favorite actor. So I mean, either Murray or Cusack would be the ones that like, that I would want just for the sheer fact of being able to pick their brains on the, Cusack's the amazingness definitely been in that horror. they bring to the screen yeah. every time they're on it. Yeah. Awesome. What about you, Ashley? Um, Probably Robert England. Yeah. That would be amazing. Oh, and he would be such a good interview too. Oh yeah. He's so, you know, charismatic. Oh yeah. And we we were talking about the Nightmare on Elm Street remake and how everybody shits on that. And what's funny to me is everybody shits on the Nightmare on Elm Street remake because that movie does what Robert England could never do as Freddy Krueger. And it makes you hate Freddy Krueger. Like, yeah, you got to think about it. We all love Robert England as Freddy Krueger. We're like, yeah, that child killer him yeah you know but like yeah everybody <laughs> the loves dolls him. And... this new one where and yeah, i don't think he's super dark yeah, and... jackie earl Haley didn't do do a bad job no, he just had he had he, impossible he a, impossible yeah, but he, he was a child molester yeah. you know, and a child yeah. killer so you you literally hated the character of freddy krueger in this movie because of how much of a piece of shit he was and that's how you're supposed to feel about robert england but you can't he's so charismatic yeah. and so fun Jackie O'Haley, I thought, did fantastic for doing the job that he was supposed to do. And that's make you hate the pedophile killer. Yeah. He did what England could never do. And everybody shits on him for it. I'm like, dude, you're shitting on the guy for doing what he was supposed, what Robert England was supposed to do. Yeah. You know, and again, I'm not a huge fan of the Nightmare remake. but Yeah, I didn't like his face, like his makeup and stuff. They did. I didn't like that. And it wasn't. It shouldn't have been made. And just, it just shouldn't have been. It was bad storytelling. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't. I agree with what you're saying about his performance and his character. I think he did a good job of that. But like, I I think the story was bad, and I think it was like not just po- yeah, pointless. Yeah. The yeah. only thing for me, and I've been very vocal about this about any type of remake. To me, the perfect type of remake is Child's Play, is Evil Dead 2013, where you take the skeleton of what the original was, but you put your own organs in it. You put your own skin over top yeah. of it. I don't want to see a nightmare on Elm street with one of my favorite practical effects of all time with them pushing on the, the spandex yeah. over Nancy's bed and turning that into shitty looking CGI. Like, you, you hate CGI no matter what, normally, normally. Yeah. You would rather have practical. I effects. would CGI could be okay if it's done right. Yeah, but sometimes. Like that looked like garbage. Like just like the thing prequel. The reason I, I didn't was just like about that, to bring up that movie. 
That's yeah, well, honestly I mean, you took like one of the having... best practical effect movies of all time and ruined it with CGI. You need to release the directors because they have a version that's done practically. I, you can find bits and pieces of it on YouTube. I don't understand. And I would love like, for them to release that as what a full the film. fucking motivation was to just not release that properly. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you look at my, my top three favorite practical effect movies of all time in no specific order are Nightmare on Elm Street, The Thing, and American Werewolf in London. And then you look at American Werewolf in Paris, and it's the same thing. American Werewolf in London, and I will fight this till the death of me, has the best werewolf transformation ever done on film. And it's practical. It looks great. And I love it to death. And then you have American Werewolf in Paris, which is just awful. The, the CGI effects in that are garbage. I would and say that's, that's probably my number one as well. However, the Evil Ed scene in Fright Night is up there for me, too. I, I also just love that character. Yeah, love yeah. Yeah. Evil Ed is amazing. You're so cool, Brewster. I know, man. Um, all right, well, let's get into some movies, but before we do that, plug your stuff. What are you working on now? Um, where can people find you? Anything you want to share? Um, it's just youtube.com slash sledgehammer horror. Or if you search for us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at sledgehammer horror. Um, like I said, we're going to be doing versus is the new one that we're doing. Um, we have a couple cool guests coming up on my first four movie. Um, that'll be dropping here soon. We have a live Sunday. And this will be. This won't be released by then. Our live. No, this. Our. This oh episode. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So if you want to just come check it out. Um, well, we do a live every week, except yeah. for Chris, like the yeah. holidays. Joy Tanner will be a, an episode coming up. If you guys are fans of the show Lock and Key, she played Aaron, older Aaron, in season two of Lock and Key. Um, her episode will be airing soon. Um, and then some other big YouTubers are coming up soon. Drum drums, drum dums, or whatever. Uh, he's coming on. I can never say his name right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Lee is his real name. Drum dums or dum drums. I'm terrible with this. But his real name is Lee's great guy. Um, and are you guys big video gamers at all? We want to be. Yeah. I mean, we would be if we didn't have families yeah. and did, didn't do this. So um, mm-hmm. Resident Evil 2, I really liked on PlayStation 2. And that might be the last video game system I had. Okay. There's a new horror like, anthology okay. series okay. out. Um, and one of the actors from Men of Medan, which is one of the dark picture anthology, uh, one of the actors from that video game is coming on my first horror movie next week as well. So uh, really oh, excited to have fun. him and pick his brain a little bit too. Yeah. That'd be awesome. You guys want to get into some uh, supernatural horror films? I Let's am. go. Yeah. All right. So our first of the three. Um, Ken and Ashley, you guys want to introduce this one, the 1991 film? You want to introduce? Um, the Sometimes They Come Back. From Stephen King, the modern master of terror, creator of Pet Cemetery and Misery, no! comes an all-new excursion to the place where horror comes alive. This used to be a nice little town but for Jim Norman, it holds a terrifying secret. Now, 27 years later, he's come back with his family. It's Sometimes They Come Back. It's a made-for-TV Stephen King film Aren't that is so deserving of a remake now. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a very underrated, oh, such underrated a good movie. film. Yeah. Totally agree. 
Directed by uh, Tom Mag- uh, McLaughlin? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Go ahead, English <laughs> major John. Pronounce <laughs> something that has a hard GH in it. Tom McLaughlin. <laughs> uh, but this is starring uh, Tim Matheson, Brooke Adams, uh, Robert Ruster. So this, I had not seen this movie. I've also not read this book or short story. I've I've read a shitload of Stephen King. Um, and when you sent me this, I was like, that's got to be a typo. I don't even know what that is. And so, like, this was, like, my first experience in general with this. And I'm really, okay. really glad I watched it. Um, I knew it was because every time I would, like, I was like, oh, it's that movie, uh, blah, blah, blah. And he'd be like, you would just stare at me. And I was like, you've never seen this. Yeah. Just stare at the same spot on yeah. on your eyebrow. Like, I'm just going to look straight at you. Hopefully you It's probably don't. just that haggard hair I have. It's just Always a question mark shaped eyebrow. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's about a man and his family who return to his hometown uh, where he's basically like harassed by teenagers who died there when he was a kid. They harass him in his new role as a teacher at this school. Uh, mm-hmm. So the environment is super fucking cool. This, this town is amazing. Dude, uh, the yeah. town is amazing. Talking also, about our- wait a second. Nobody's weirded out that these fucking greasers just showed up out of nowhere. Like, it's 1990, right. uh, 1991. Yeah. Yeah. And they show up in their the just 50s. transferred up from Milford, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I feel like, considering the fact that this was made for TV, like, uh, the kids themselves, um, the main one, I think is pretty well acted. Some of the others are a little hokey and their dialogues a little hokey, but like the core family, like the three, um, the mom, the dad and the son, uh, I, I feel like their characters are super well acted. Um, you know what the son's from? No, he's from Leprechaun, which we just, talked Oh about. yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. And he's from, uh, yep. don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Oh fuck. And rookie of the year. All right. Building that goddamn yep. boat. Just, Casually dropping th- three things that are not unforgettable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, to me, you know, I think to the me main greaser in this movie is in Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Still handsome. Handsome. Yeah. Man. Super handsome. Up yours with a twirling lawnmower. <laughs> no, this is, this is Grady from. Uh, yeah, no, I know. Two. Okay. I'll just always from interchange that. You're just going back to the yep. other leather I'll jacket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, so why'd you guys pick this movie? What's your relationship with it? And let's talk about the supernatural uh, components of it. Okay. okay. Yeah, like for, for people that haven't seen, sometimes they come back. Um, the premise is you have a young boy, Jimmy and his brother, Wayne, and they end up going through a train tunnel trying to go to take library books back when these greasers attack them trying to rob them, trying to take money and they end up killing Wayne and they end up getting hit by a train and killed themselves. And then Stephen King being Stephen King, 27 years later, they come back. Always 27 years. Yeah. And one by one, as kids in the town start dying, another one of these greasers comes back to torment and try to relive what happened with Wayne and Jimmy. And it's just, it's such a fantastic story. And you were talking about, you know, night shift i do have the short story here um 
one of my favorite Stephen King's even short stories. Which it's it's a lot different. Oh, the short story is way different than the movie. Yeah, movie itself. But I would I would love for them to re to do a, an actual theatrical remake of this movie now. I think it could be absolutely phenomenal. It, yeah. yeah. I, gotta... I didn't have the same. I didn't watch it as a child like you did. Like I, you're the one that actually yeah. like showed me that movie. And although I still loved it, um, I didn't get nightmares from it. Yeah. But yeah, I, Can... I mean, it still was scary. Yeah. Even you know, being a made-for-TV mm-hmm. show that was probably low budget and I, I still love the practical effects when they when they turn into the monsters. Oh, yeah, agree. Like they're yeah. bubbling like skin. Yeah, yeah oh, it's amazing. Love it. When they're on yeah. the bridge. Love it. With Chip, okay, can we all agree Chip is the worst? Chip's Chip is the worst. Totally like, the worst. If you're yeah. a teacher, time to rock, Jack. Yeah, like your nightmare is Chip if you're a teacher, and he's just oh, a shit bag. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, but when when they bring him, <laughs> oh god, he says something. Uh, oh, he says you're as cool as a corpse. Like when they're driving, I love I yeah. love that line. You're as cool as a corpse. And then they go on the bridge, and that's when they all like. Uh, it's almost like the uh, the same setting of uh, Lost Boys when they're all hanging from the bridge, like they're on there with him, and that's when they all like have their transformation, and they're these like horrifying. Yeah, I love the way items. they play into that transformation. He's like, "Let's do the face." He's like, "Nah, not the face. That's for kids." I'll do the face. Yeah, <laughs> I love that shit, man. It's so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah this this was a good one, man. I I thought I thought it was great. Um. I didn't know it existed and I'm really glad I do now. So sometimes they come back and where, where did we find this one? Was it on Tubi? I think I watched it on Tubi. Yeah. yeah it's available on <clears throat> TV right now. I think so. Uh, if you've not seen it, you can head to, to, to Tubi to check it out. I love once and they, like, got it. That's I'm pretty sure it's streaming for free on YouTube as well. Oh, Oh, there you go. We always forget about YouTube. <laughs> not not when it comes to no, not when it comes Horror, to no, <laughs> right <laughs> uh, but as a source for films for sure uh, but with this movie like the themes that are going throughout it you know like any Stephen King uh, uh, novella novel movie it always has like similar themes this one has revenge loss regret anger you know running all through yeah. it and uh, it drives the yeah. film um, it definitely the production quality on a made for TV film is always going to lack a little bit but so yeah. good, like that beginning when they when he gets into the school, like his first day at school, like get me in there. There's always that shiny moment too of like them driving up to the town, you know, like the overhead Dude. establishing oh, yeah. shot. I could watch like a movie just made of those <gasps> clips, like the establishing yes. shots of small towns. Yeah, for sure. Driving around that van. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah. J- so uh, like, what is what do they always say? How much change you got? I got twelve cents. You got twelve cents. Got twelve yeah. cents. What's six times, or what does he say? Three times two times two. Yeah. Also, yeah. can we all just agree that like this movie is unnecessary? They, they all they had to do was get out of the fucking car, right? You don't need you don't yeah. need to start just like leave get, the car. just abandon the car, get out. Yeah. Right. They can't abandon that nice car. Yeah. I mean, those flames are sick. They yeah. were pretty sick. Man, <laughs> nobody hits me. <laughs> yeah, when the That's wife a great punches pick. him. Yeah, but yeah, this was a great pick. I'm glad you uh, introduced uh, us. Dude, I'm so glad that I was, you know, I, I feel for this movie like it's one of my kids, like, because it's, 
like it was a made for TV movie and not a lot of people had seen it. So when I'm able to share it with somebody and they find enjoyment out of it, I'm like, yes, yes. You know, like I'm actually jealous that you just got to watch this for the first time. That's how much I truly enjoy this film. And, um, oh man, there's so much about this movie. That's just so even the little moments when they're in the bathroom and then they walk out and Mr. Norman pushes him up against the wall. What are you doing, man? Oh, Come and they're on, so innocent. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. that that like real pale shit bag, he's like number three oh, of three. Guy. Yeah. When he does that like little smirk as he's walking off camera, like I took note of that specific scene, actually, Ken. It's funny you mentioned that. Like I took note of that specific scene, like as he was walking off, he does this like little smirk, and I was like, I will slap those lips. Like <laughs> and his laugh is the most annoying. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Like yeah. the most annoying laugh in the world. Get your middle part a little deeper, you bastard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that hairdo. Oh. Yeah. All right. So let's jump to our next. Jamie, you want to introduce the next one, buddy? Yeah, I think we're doing uh, 2010's The James Wan Classic Insidious. Ready? Yeah. Hey, sweetie. Good morning, guys. I would really like to. He's not in a coma. They don't know what to call it. Starring Patrick Wilson, oh, yeah. Rose Byrne, who looks just like my oh, wife. God, do I love Rose Byrne. She's so Love beautiful. your wife, too, so. Yep. Uh, but this is <laughs> this is about a family that looks to prevent uh, these evil-ass spirits from trapping their comato- comatose child, right? Uh, mm-hmm. in, in the further, the upside down, yeah. whatever they call it. Uh, this movie is a parent's nightmare. Uh, we're all parents yes. in this Absolutely. room. Absolutely. Uh, I can't imagine. Also, this you know this movie's PG thirteen. I didn't yeah. know yeah. that. Unbelievable. Yeah. I know this movie scared the crap out of me the first time. I yeah. Saw it. What I love, what I love about this movie, I compare it to The Ring, where you have these movies that are PG thirteen that are just genuinely full of fear, mm-hmm. and it's not like you know Tourist Trap or Poltergeist. Um, that are rated PG because they didn't have a PG 13 and they were not hard enough for an R like poltergeist and tourist trap, I think are two terrifying movies that are rated PG. But the thing that's beautiful about insidious and the ring is they came out at a time where horror was really pushing for R ratings and to be bloodier and gorier and scarier. And the ring and insidious captured that true horror and true fear while maintaining that PG-13 rating. And I think yeah. that's that's harder to do than just saying, you know what, let's go all out and make it rated R. They kept it to the PG-13, but still genuinely scared the shit out of you. Um, one We were talking earlier at the top about favorite jump scares. And the jump scare when Patrick Wilson has the, the demon behind him when they're at the kitchen table, because you feel like the fear is gone. Like and the mother's telling the, the story and you see yeah. the demon point at the boy on the bed. And you think that's the scary part. And then she looks over at Patrick Wilson and the demons behind her and the score kicks in really hard at that moment. 
that's one of my favorite jump scares of all time. It just, it was perfectly placed. You already had your jump scare with the demon in the bedroom with the little boy. And that, that jump scare was just so amazing. And Mm -hmm. we talk about how important scores and music in general are to film. I mean, look at the tiny tip, tiptoe through the window. Like what a perfect song for this movie. (laughs) James Wan is very good with, uh, sound design in general so good yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah i was just thinking about every one of his movies have that moment you know it's very drastic and the mm-hmm. his use of color and cinematography mm-hmm. uh particularly in this film uh when when they enter the further um i think it's really well well executed it's effective um it's dramatic those, those girls that like with the white dresses and like their smile like yeah, yeah when he's flipping through that thing that has the different colors yeah and there's like no one there oh my no god, one yeah. there and then the those women are there and they do that crooked ass smile i yeah. agree babe yeah, oh my god what a, scene. <laughs> what a scene that is there's a lot because the nun in the uh living room or whatever yeah the like the twist ending yeah, yeah. that's amazing i mm. love that ending and also the scene where so i, I I'm always real big on like setup. It's typically like my favorite that a setup is what makes me love or not love a movie. If I could Mm -hmm. like envision myself in a certain environment or circumstance, like typically I'm, I'm pretty much in. So this movie does a really good job of that. And Hey, this young family moves to a new house. Uh, They've got this, you know, this great thing going on. And, uh, this movie, like Patrick Wilson being at work, coming home, the wife being stressed out, have you seen my sheet music? Like all of that happening is like such a natural, like so okay, relatable. Yeah, too. I've had that conversation twenty yeah. times, kind of thing, right? Um, and the stress that uh, that Rose Burns' character is going through, and when she hears on the baby monitor all that hubbub going oh. on, and then runs upstairs and then sees the person behind like the veil standing over the crib. Like I, I will pick up a piece of rice with my butt cheeks talking about it. Like that, that scene (laughs) is so well done. Yeah. Yeah. That gave me such bad anxiety watching that. Yes. As a parent. Yeah. Yeah. And you're talking about the effectiveness of scenes. Like at that moment, when you have the demon that's walking back and forth out the window, and then when he comes back into frame, he's inside the house. Mm-hmm. Like that was another scene where you're like, you're seeing him outside and then he goes off frame and comes back inside the house. So you're like, whoa, yeah. Like there's so many scenes like that in this movie that you're just genuinely, Oh shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was great. Sure. Great cinematography right there. So I got to ask both, both the first film we talked about in this one, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. a a comparable theme in both films is you have two people in a relationship, one under duress who has, uh, these moments of, of unreality that they're trying to say like, Hey, I know this sounds fucking nuts, but this happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, so Ken, if Ashley, if you went to work tomorrow and Ashley was like, I found the two-year-old standing on top of the chimney today with one foot in the air, and she was holding onto a phantom uh, by its foot as it was floating toward the sky. Like, do you believe her, or do you say, like, what happened? 
Um, he's admitted, like, I don't, yeah. I don't believe me at all. No. <laughs> I, 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 look, it's, I love horror movies. I love supernatural horror movies. I don't believe in ghosts. Um, if ghosts were real, my mom would have came back and kicked it with me by now. She loved me too much. So um, not a believer in ghosts. So if Ashley said that, I'd probably be like, eh, someone spiked her salad last <laughs> or some shit. All right, Ashley, conversely, you go to work, you come home. Ken says, listen, I'm a non-believer. I, I, I don't believe in ghosts. However, uh, I put the kids down tonight. I was drinking a Bud Light Lime by the fireplace and I saw an apparition in the fire and it was uh, Lord Voldemort. And he told me uh, that uh, I had to burn the neighbor's house down and he was frantic. What would you do? Would you believe him or would you be like, oh, no, no, get out of here? Oh, um, I don't think I would believe. No. I don't know. Maybe I, I believe in ghosts and stuff like that. I already tried telling her like Darth Vader came from the Lord Falcon and told me that if I didn't ask her on a date, he was going to melt my brains. Yeah. So. You already got me with that one. So. <laughs> All right. So there, that, that says it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I no, just, I, I would probably have him admitted to. Yeah. I, I feel like that's a dynamic and, and, not the third film we're going to talk about, but these two for sure. It's like a, and the, the moment in the first film, um, sometimes they come back like uh, the moment when they're in their church and the wife, like, I that feel like I love my wife so much and I've loved her forever. Yeah. However, like the way that they love each other in this movie, it's a little unrealistic. They love each other like that hard. And mm-hmm. and she's like, I'm so sorry I doubted you. And she's like kissing him. And I'm like, honestly, if that were me and my wife, she'd be like, fuck you. You should have believed me, you douchebag. Whereas right. she's oh, like, oh, dude, that was us. She, she would be the opposite. She Instead of being like, I should have believed you, she'd be like, why the fuck did you bring this in my life? <laughs> you son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys uh, James Wan fans in general? Yeah. yeah. What do you guys think of Malignant? Actually, um, what, what do we think of which one? Malignant. Loved it. Oh, I love Malignant. Loved yeah. it. We watched it a couple of times. Um, I think it has one of the best third acts I've seen in the last 10 years. Yeah. No, I, I um, definitely didn't see the twist ending at all. Like, yeah. it caught me by surprise completely. And I love um, practical effects. We're talking about that. I love the practicality of the villain. I'm not. I'm not going to spoil anything because um, maybe some of your listeners haven't seen it yet because it's still fairly new. Yeah, and I wouldn't want to be that guy because I hate that guy. But um, the practicality of the villain and um, the entire third act from the police station holding cell area uh, on is just so fucking awesome, mm-hmm. and. Um, but I'm going to be the weird one here and say my favorite James Wan film. You know what my favorite James Wan film is? Dead Silence. Oh, Dead Silence. 100% yeah. Dead Silence. Dude. 100%. We, we love we that. Might, we might be there with yeah, you. Yeah. I think I'm there yeah. with you. I love it so much. And John, I, when you were talking about the colors, about that film, I was thinking I think of that, that film has one of the top five scores of all time. Oh, it's yeah. so good. I, we, we also love that movie. And Jamie and I have this like deep... Uh, I don't know if you remember this day. I think we were talking about it, but when we were living in Jamie and I were living in Chicago with my wife and J 
Jamie's wife, my sister, like the four of us had a place together. Mm-hmm. And I think Brittany and I had tickets to go see Circa Survive play. Okay. And it rained real hard. Oh, I remember. And you were like, oh, that sucks. And I was like, you didn't want to go. I called off work, but it was an outdoor venue. And it was like, they still had the oh, show. Yeah. And I was like, this is going to, like, this honestly is going to be hell. So we didn't end up going. And Brittany was like, all right, I'm going to go hang out with my friends then. And I was like, well, I'm going to hang out with my friend, which is you and my roommate. Because I was working. And dude, we yeah. played Skippo. We, we had a, a six pack of pumpkin beer. We watched Dead Silence, and like you and I basically just had a date. It was fucking amazing. <laughs> I would do that again yes. tomorrow. So, and is the point of this that we watched Dead Silence? Oh yeah, okay. the most important part is that yeah, we watched Dead Silence. <laughs> just want to tell everybody about us cuddling. Well, one of my favorite parts in Dead Silence is when Donnie Wahlberg goes to see Jamie at the motel, and he has the puppet, and he's like, "Well, since you don't want to answer my questions, Jamie, maybe you'll answer his." Why did you bury me, Jamie? <laughs> That's one of, my, one of my favorite parts of the whole film. That's so funny. His Donald character. How do yeah. you get your face so smooth like He's, that? Yeah, constantly shaving. <laughs> he is constantly shaving. Donnie Wahlberg is great. Yeah, he's absurd. He's great. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Um, all right. Any parting thoughts on Insidious before we jump to our last film here? Um, I just, uh, a huge fan. Um, I'm very excited. I don't know if it's even going to happen anymore, but for a long time, they were talking about doing a spinoff of Insidious and Sinister called Insinister. And I'm still really hoping that we can get that one day. Cause I think the first Sinister is one of the, another one of the, the most fantastic movies made in the last 10 years with the best jump. My favorite jump scare of all time is in, in, in Sinister. And I would love to see the crossover of Insidious and Sinister done together. I think that would be yeah. a, a lot of fun to watch. That and um, Sinister is, Really a terrifying movie. It really is. Yeah. Dude, that lawnmower scene. Yeah. Oh my god. That got me. All of got those, me so good. Like the, the pool party. The pool. Fuck, so sadistic and sad. Yeah. Ugh. Mm-hmm. So fucked up. All right. Well. All right. I'll bring now, us to our last film. Now here. you got me depressed. Yeah. This is a this movie is not happy by any means. Uh so let's get a little deeper in sadness, but we're going to 1990 to a film called Exorcist 3, directed by William Peter Blatty. Seventeen years ago, an extraordinary motion picture touched our most profound, nameless fears. Do you dare walk these steps again? Satan grows stronger. You believe in possession? Mm. Mm, mm, mm. So this is what starring some movie. Yeah, dude, I mean, this movie's scary as shit. Uh George C. Scott acts the hell out of this movie. Uh Ed Flanders acts the hell out of this movie. Brad Dorif acts the hell out of this movie. Oh, yeah, Brad Dorif, he deserves a Academy Award for his acting in that movie. Like, so his role as the Gemini Killer is one of the most underrated villains. Ever. He, he did amazing, yeah. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. And like the the dialogue and the scenes that they have with George C. George C. Scott and himself, just like those <sighs> moments in that cell, like, dude, fucking incredible. 
George C. Scott yes. is such a good actor. It's unbelievable. He's a goddamn powerhouse, yeah. That's why when you get him and Brad Dorf in that room together, it's just fucking magic is happening. And when when he, like... But also, his uh, his relationship with uh, with Father, Father Dyer... Uh, oh, Dyer. Yeah, yeah, Father Dyer. It's so... So comforting Genuine. and and sweet yeah. and nice and like their whole thing. And then when after they go to the movie, uh, Jamie and I were talking about the scene last night when they're talking about the fish and there's the that comedic moment. Swimming but, back and forth in his oh, bathtub. I haven't found it in three days. Yeah. And it, that's immediately <laughs> offset though because like the next scene they end up in that restaurant, right? And it gets yeah. very fucking dark. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And both of them are so good at acting without even talking, right? Like their body yeah. acting is so like well demonstrated in that following scene. Um, but for those that haven't seen Exorcist three, so this this was the sequel that I think uh, uh, William Peter Blatty wanted. This should have been Exorcist two. This is basically Exorcist two. So if you remove <laughs> Exorcist two, like yeah, this is I think the movie he wanted. Uh, just happened to be the third, but it's about a police lieutenant who uncovers more uh, than he was looking for as his investigation of a series of murders um, all have the hallmark of a deceased killer uh, that Ken mentioned, who's the Gemini serial killer. Uh, and it leads him to kind of question uh, the patients of the psychiatric ward. Um, but so many scenes from this movie uh, talking about supernatural horror um the the dream sequence uh when he when he finds out like the night before father dyer uh met his uh potential demise there uh and he sees his his buddy uh the young kid uh with his neck sewn like all of that like that whole scene and isn't like fabio in that fucking scene yeah. too yeah it's why really is, weird why Charles is he Parker. <laughs> Yeah, that's such a like a, a like a wonky, ridiculous uh, scene, and it's just so like unsettling, and, and they like speed up time for a moment too, and you're just like, what is what is happening here? And it's just it's really well delivered. Um, but there are some legit like frightening scenes, like the woman crawling on the ceiling. Uh, the oh, yeah. uh, I like that scene too. So good, and the end when when he comes in. Uh, to his home and and the nurse is sitting at the kitchen table and then that whole sequence plays out like oh yeah it's so well done yeah you know you i'll tell you one scene from this movie that always affected me um i grew up in a very christian household and at the very beginning of the movie you have the wind blowing open the church doors and the crucified jesus with the eyes opening and closed like that that one shot of the crucified jesus with the eyes opening scared the shit out of me as a kid like genuinely scared the shit out of me. And uh, one thing I wanted to chip in real quick before I forgot, um, you were talking about The Exorcist 2 and how this is the true sequel to The Exorcist. Um, for those of you that haven't checked out Sledgehammer Horror, we do top 10s on there. And we did our top 10 um, most hated slash least favorite horror movies of all time. The Exorcist 2 was my number one. I hate that movie. I think it's the worst movie, not just worst horror movie. I think it's the worst movie ever made. I feel um, like that's why a lot of people don't know about the Exorcist Three. That's it's because they seen yeah. Exorcist Two and was like, "I'm done with yep, this. I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. fuck this. Yeah. I'm gone." Yeah, and you can't blame yeah. them. Right? No, no, you really can't. And I think that the Exorcist is the scariest movie of all time, but I think the Exorcist Three is a better film 
than The Exorcist. Um, maybe because there's this really the slasher elements to it. And like we talked earlier, um, Supernatural, I think, scares me the most, but Slasher is my favorite. And this really is the perfect Supernatural slasher film, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. So I think that's why this movie means us. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Supernatural and Slasher for sure. Um, but I also feel like just the tone of this film, it's uh, it's different from from the original Exorcist because the original Exorcist is uh, your head is in the darkest cloud the entire time. And, and this mm-hmm. film gives you moments of like humanity and comfort. It kind of takes you out of yeah. it. And you're like, oh no, I'm cool for a minute. Like, oh, like this family seems nice. Like I, I feel vulnerable for like it allows you to feel vulnerable because there's so much human connection. And when George C. Scott comes to find his friend dead, and when he looks under, like he goes to the one side and he goes to the other side, and he he does that like yeah that like facial dissolve, you know, like that. Yeah. The body, you again, feel it. You feel oh, it. Oh, yeah. dude! Like I'm getting emotional yeah. talking about yeah. it. It's so well done, so well done. It, it, it's funny enough. Um, growing up, I was a huge fan of punk rock. You know, I, you know, grew up very big punk rock guy. And without George C. Scott, that wouldn't have happened because the movie that got me into punk rock was a, a '90s film called Angus. Did you guys ever see Angus? Yeah, back in the day. Wait, I, I couldn't talk about it. Is Angus the movie where he's like, my suit is plum? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I was just fucking talking about this movie a couple of weeks ago. Please go on. Yeah. George C. Scott is the grandpa in that movie. Um, if he's you Angus's grandpa, the one like he's the most influential character in the movie. And throughout the movie, um, Green Day, Weezer, like that's the soundtrack to this movie. And every time Green Day plays, they have to try to call the radio station and win tickets to go to a green day concert. And I remember after watching this movie, I bought the soundtrack. And then with the very first cassette tape I ever bought with my own money was green days. Dookie. Like (laughs) this movie got me into punk rock and made me the person that I am today. And then to see George T. Scott, the role that he did in that, and then compare him to the role he did in the exorcist three just shows the complete different acting chops that guy has and how you could put him into any role and nail it. You know, he gives this huge speech in Angus about how Superman isn't brave because he's indestructible and you can't be brave if you're indestructible because nothing bad can happen to you. And um, that's where the plum suit comes in. You know, don't be scared to be different. You know, you people like you are brave because you can get broken down and come back with it. Superman is not brave, you know, and, um, you know, to watch him deliver these heartfelt lines and then you go to the Exorcist 3 and watch the heartbreak that he had in the hospital or the comedic timing of the fish. You know, yeah. when he steps up to the, Just, can you smell me, Father? <laughs> I haven't had a bath in a week. You know, yeah. like, the, and he's so straight-faced and he's just, he was such a great actor and whether it was comedic, whether it was horror, whether it was a true emotion drama, he nailed it. And so watching this man in this movie you know, the older I got, I just came to appreciate more and more him as an actor yeah. and what he does in this movie. Definitely. And uh, what's his name? Scott Wilson? Yeah. He's in this too. Our buddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He does such a good job in it. I love him. And dude, Nancy Fish is uh, Nurse Allerton. 
Oh, oh my dude. god! Even when she's not supposed to be creepy, she's so fucking creepy. She kills it. Yeah. And when he keeps like, like having those moments, when G- George C. Scott keeps having his like meltdown moments, where like he just completely comes unhinged, yeah. and you're like, that happened fucking fast. Yeah, yeah. You know, like he'll just be having a general conversation, and then before you know it, he's like literally screaming at the top of his lungs. Yeah, um, that's him. Yeah, those those moments are so impactful. And Love well his done. character in there. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, amazing pick. We have not talked about this uh, movie on the show. We've referenced it, but this is the first we've like yeah, actually focused I c- on. I it. can't believe that because we love this movie so much. And I I watched it uh, I think twice this week uh, actually in preparation. So one time like. While I was working, which I watched and probably like actually watched like 19% of it. And then I, I had a moment where I was like, I'm going to make a bowl of popcorn and like do this right. And then I, I actually like, watched it, watched it at night uh, one day this week. So thank you for bringing this to us again. No, we, we got to relive these movies too, yeah. you know, because we obviously wanted to do our homework and rewatch them. And, um, if any excuse to watch these movies, this was just a, a blessing in disguise because we get to hang out with you guys and talk about three movies that we genuinely enjoy very, very much. Yeah, well, right on. We appreciate it. Um, so, so thank you for coming on. Uh, we'll have to collaborate again. I know we've we've all got a lot in common. This was amazing. Um, so please uh, head over, check out uh, Sledgehammer Horror YouTube dot com slash uh, Sledgehammer Horror. Follow these guys on social media. Uh, you won't be disappointed. Um, but this is, a, uh, I think, our last episode probably of the year. Yeah, probably. Um, so we're glad to wrap up year two with you guys. Um, we appreciate awesome. it. Congratulations on two yeah, years, guys. That's, that's, that's fucking incredible. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we, we appreciate that. It'll be two years January. So um, awesome. this is our, our, our last of the year. So we're, we're glad to, to head out in the new year with you guys. So, so thanks for doing this with us. Yeah. Anytime. Thanks for inviting us.